as you already know, I'm in my blogging area in area era, and with that comes reflection on my clients. Now, I don't have a case study on every client who has crossed my path, but I do have one on the majority of the successful students. And today, let's sit down and talk about what they have in common. It's not actually what you think, and it's a lot more simpler than you think to see an ROI. So we're going to determine what it isn't first before we dive in. So it's not whether they have kids or a family or they're single. That wasn't really a factor and through the wide range, I actually worked with more moms than non-moms and it was interesting the viewpoint that moms had on their business versus the non-moms, but there was a similar goal with it. It also didn't include number of followers. Now, audience growth is really important as you continue to grow your business, but if you are someone who is just trying to hit your first 5K month, which we're going to focus on those case studies and then maybe do a different podcast about, you know, the high performing, the large numbers, those types of things, it didn't relate. There were people who had a large following of 80,000. There were people who had 500 people, and it wasn't related based on just their expertise. They were a coach or a service provider. That didn't really matter. So what does matter and how can you implement this into your current coaching program if you're working with a coach or if you're looking at Scale to 5K and joining Scale to 5K, how you can see an ROI? Such a simple and easy shift that you can do today is to show up in the investment. And if you are someone who can't attend the calls because of schedule or a meeting or something like that, submitting questions and materials and asking questions. This is something that I actually experienced in my own investment is I didn't show up for the first two calls. I watched the replay and I actually felt like I was missing out in the Q&A section. The thing about investments, whether it is private, mastermind, membership, wherever you're at, is that there is a lot of opportunity for you to get support right then and there to have a customized plan depending on the availability for it. But when you're in a group container like Scale to 5K or Mission Income or Overflow, which are all group style containers, one is a group program, one is a mini mind, and one is a mastermind, there are people asking questions that you didn't think of. And when you show up in the investment, you are giving something that is a non-renewable resource and that's time. And time is a really big skin in the game that a lot of people, when you start spending time doing something, you start seeing results. Watching the videos are important and we're going to talk about that, but showing up and taking up space, and this also applies to whatever community is attached to that. So Boxer, Slack, Circle, Telegraph, whatever people are using, I see people underutilize the container and not get results that they want because they're not taking up space. Now, the other piece of that is showing up in the investment is applying the feedback and taking action and not waiting for a perfect time. I recently made an investment and there was a suggestion that I actually didn't agree with and at first I was like "Mm, I'm not going to do this like my system's working and I had to have an ego talk with myself of like hey you're paying to work with this person and to be around this person and their knowledge and they are better at what you are trying to do so not taking feedback you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot it's easy to get stuck in your ego it's easy to say well I've tried it this way and it's gotten these results so why would I change it But part of investing is saying there is something different or more ideal for me out there and taking action on it. The people who wait to take action see delayed results because action is compounding. It's compounding over 90 days. It's compounding over six months. It's compounding over years. And where a lot of people struggle to take action, they also were like, why haven't I seen results sooner? Why have I not gotten the results that I wanted? And that is a really big piece of it. If you are someone who struggles to take action, ask your coach, say, hey, What are two to three things that I can do before 
or next call in regards to my goal. And simply asking that every single call, every single week, those two to three things are going to compound and you're going to see more momentum because you're taking action. Now, when it comes to the continuing ed piece, there are people who are like, if you never watch a module in this program, you'll be okay. And I would actually argue that that is not the most ideal. The people who do see success are people who consume the content. A really good example of this is one of my clients in Mission Income wanted to sell after having this dry period. And she is somebody who worked through the whole buyer's site course. She worked through down in the DMs and the fruits of her labor are starting to pay off, not only in her content because she's applying the concepts that are learned in it, but through the things that she's doing. Now, the other piece that I would carry over is that these people are also reading books in their niche and business things. They are someone who is working towards more material knowledge around the space that they have. And the client that I just mentioned has also taken college courses through like Coursera and through Udemy and done all these other things. And it's because they're not using the excuse of time or not being a reader or anything else. They understand that knowledge is compounding. A famous story that people tell about Warren Buffett is that he read 500 pages a day. And while I have tried this challenge and people have asked me about it all the time, what happens is that your knowledge starts compounding. You know, my first year in business, I read probably like five or six books. The following year, I worked on two books a month, which was 24. The following year after reading 24 books, I started mixing in fiction and got up to 80. And last year, I read 120 books. At the time of recording this, I'm about 100 books. Now, I fluctuate between fiction and nonfiction, which I think is really important as a reader because I do read for entertainment. But what I have noticed is some of the books that I'm reading that talk on concepts like sales, psychology, marketing, and those types of things, it's easier to get through the books because I'm not looking at new material. The thing about knowledge is that when you re-access it, you are familiar with it and you're continuing to build what they call scaffolding which is almost kind of like a spider web. And people who struggle to build that surface level knowledge are people who are also not taking time to consume. Now, I work with moms and they are busy, busy, busy. Some of them have never sold in their life. And what I have learned is that if you can't sit down and read a book, there's audiobooks. There are snippets, the apps like Blink, where you can just grab a little snippet of it. There are lots of opportunity, but when it comes to continuing education, this is going to be the most powerful thing because it also gives you other opportunities. I read a book last year called Range, and it talked about how Winston Churchill, who was the Prime Minister of England during World War II, England was never sieged by Germany, which is crazy because it's this tiny little island, but Winston Churchill had one of the most demanding jobs in history being the Prime Minister of England during World War II when Germany was bombing England on a regular basis and he still had time to do other things. He was still an avid reader. He learned how to paint and he did bricklaying. And that's another piece of this continuing ed piece that I think a lot of people forget is that my most successful students also have hobbies outside of their business. There is the law of diminishing returns. There is this thing that more results equals more, right? But it doesn't actually do that. At some point, you have to put your maximum effort in and let time do its thing. And when it comes to having a hobby or having something additional, it is a reformed kind of refinement of rest that a lot of people aren't talking about because rest is so crucial as you're building a business. You know, I tell my clients all the time, it's not a sprint. It really isn't. It is a marathon over years and years. It's some of these hundred milers that I see people do and I'm like, ah, that looks so hard. But then again, I'm a business owner and I'm in my own, you know, million mile race, right? And that's the other piece of it. Some of my clients, though, who are readers also read for hobby, and that's where 
this idea of having a range and having other places is where you can get creativity and think out of the box. Now, these last two pieces, I would say, are arguably the most important or just as important as the other ones is asking for help. You know, there's a saying in HR where you don't hire in the fire. And it's basically saying that you want to preemptively think about anytime you need to hire. You know, I was at Starbucks the other day and I know the manager really well. And he is hiring because it gets busier during December and Target's going to do the same thing. All of our places are, you know, going to do it as it picks up the closer we get to Black Friday because they don't want to hire in the fire. The thing that I see a lot of entrepreneurs do is that they, one, don't want to feel like a burden to their mentor so they don't ask for help they don't you know say look at this content or do this thing because the mentor can make that boundary you know I have clients who come to me and sometimes they're like can you look at this piece of content and I've looked extensively at their content and I'm like hey you don't need help at this point you need reassurance and I feel really confident in your skills it's you continuing to do it that is one side but that comes after a significant amount of feedback and spending time with it my dad always has this old adage and he says, what's the easiest way to get out of a hole is to stop digging. What's the easiest way to improve at something is to start doing. When it comes to asking for help, there is a burden with that because you don't want to feel like a burden and you don't want to be told, oh, you can just figure it out yourself. With my clients, as I've talked about, we go through a lot of rounds of feedback and there is at a certain point if I've looked at something and I've done something that I will say they're confident. But for most people who are coming into scale to 5k or into salesy or even into mission income or overflow or any of my programs there is a point that i want you to ask for help you are not doing a service to your business by hiding or waiting or hoping it gets better when there is someone out there to help and sometimes asking for help you can be met with a boundary but the majority of the time is is that you need help because it's easy to teach your clients the things that you have done but now you are going in a place that you haven't gone before and are going to be requiring more help from someone who has done it. A lot of mentorship and coaching and consulting come from expertise. And with that, with my clients, it's not just what have I done that has worked for me. It's what have other clients that have done in the same niche? What are some of the books that I've read and those types of things? And that's where so many people get stuck. They don't want to ask for help. Just ask for help. And sometimes you are going to get feedback. And sometimes if you've asked for help and I feel confident that you are going to be able to do it, I'm going to give you a pep talk and send you on your way. Because learned helplessness is something that happens in the online space. But I find it is more often people not asking for help and getting the support. Now, the last thing that my most successful students have in common is they consistently sell and create content. Content creation is its own market. And whether you like creating podcasts, blog posts, whatever you feel like it is, Consistent content creation and selling is going to help you get closer to your goals. So many people hide, so many people wait, so many people struggle with this. And if you are someone, don't feel like you're alone. I have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs learn how to sell. I help people every single day learn how to sell and create content. That consistency piece helps you with not only your marketing and gaining awareness and nurturing, but it also helps with the sales piece because people have awareness of what you do and what you offer. If you listen to this podcast and you want to be my next success story on any level, go ahead and send me a message. We can figure out what offer works for you based on where you're at. And if you have any questions or want to know any book recommendations, you can always send me a DM on Instagram. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you later. Bye.